It's a great question. There's a lot of advice that I want to give, um, but to, to give it to one piece, I would, I would say just do it. You know, if, if you have an inkling of, of starting a business or being an entrepreneur, um, you know, we, we can fall into this sort of paralysis analysis where we read and read and read. We watch YouTube and, and TikTok and re Instagram reels all day long. And, you know, we get all this head knowledge that really doesn't really, it doesn't really live in our head because we haven't utilized it. We, we think we, we own that knowledge, but in, in truth, if we were to go practice it, we probably don't. And we, we live in this space where we want to take action and start a business and become an entrepreneur, but we don't. And so I would say if, you, if you're serious at all about it and you want to do it and you, it's like deep to your core, you have to take that first step, you know, Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, a serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Andrew Denton. And uh, Andrew uh, started uh, high school as a, an A student, did a lot of honor classes, graduated in three years, uh, went off to college and found out college was a little bit harder than high school. It, it was a bit more challenging and uh, didn't necessarily apply himself as, uh, as well as he could have, but uh, nonetheless, uh, continued forward, got married, uh, worked a couple dead end jobs and uh, wanted to do something different, but wasn't sure what that would look like. Uh, so he'd originally uh, left school, but went uh, went back to look into being a doctor, started a master's program, uh, did get, I think, on probation or got probationarily accepted because of his uh, original uh, stint in uh, college, uh, but made it through the master's program in two years after getting the master's uh, figured or, or while or after getting the master's was figuring out uh, how we would uh make an income, took the end cap, didn't get into medical school, figured out what he wanted or why he was figuring out what he wanted to do, circle back to a business idea with a friend he wanted to work with. I uh, did a, or worked, uh, the friend uh, did some uh, med tech startup stuff and uh, it was an idea that they shelved and then uh, shifted gears to something else, which is what they're doing today. And they'll give, or Andrew will provide us more or more details. And with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Andrew. Uh, thanks for having me, Devin. Yeah, Absolutely. just to, to color in a little bit of uh, context, you know, growing up, I wasn't very successful. Uh, I mean, I was, sorry, excuse me, I was very successful uh, in school. As, as you said, I was a straight A student, went to college, kind of hit a wall and wasn't successful. Um, wish I'd applied myself some more uh, than, I, than I had, but, you know, you live and you learn and sometimes um, you, know, you pay the consequence for it. But uh, as now, you- Just, just uh, to dive into that just a little bit. And I think that there's that shock, you know, I went to a smaller high school, did great. And I didn't, have, I mean, I put an effort. I mean, it wasn't like I just have to do no work, but you get into college and I'm like, Hey, everybody is smart here. Like everybody is, or was a, or top of their class. So they did well. And it's a much different thing. And yet I think that, you know, a lot of times you go into there and you figure, okay, I'm just gonna, it's going to be the same as high school discontinuation and going to move on. And it will just uh, be the same setup. And I, I won't have to overly exert myself and yet sounds like uh, that uh, led you to maybe a, a little bit of uh getting hit in the face and uh, and having to adjust a bit is that about right yeah i mean you know like to 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 
put it in some clear terms, like I would sleep in class in high school and like wake up five minutes before the exam, take the exam and ace it. I don't say that's a brag. It's just, I was very, I was blessed growing up. And so when I went to college, that, that behavior did not translate very well. Um, the, the level up between high school and college was a bit much than I, than I was expecting. And so, you know, you have to actually put the work in in college. It's not as easy as, as high school. And, um, as, as it should be for obvious reasons, but you know, for me, because things had come so easy for me growing up, it, it didn't, that connection didn't quite make, uh, it wasn't, didn't happen fast enough. Um, so when I went back and got my master's to sort of rectify my college behavior, uh, you know, I worked a full-time job. I worked a full-time internship. I did school full-time. Um, and one, one question. Cause I think between that, so you, you're ended up, if I not putting words in your mouth, dropped out of college or got kicked out or something along those lines for a period of time. And so then I, the I graduated. Oh, you graduated. did. Okay. Yeah. But it, it would took me five and a half years um, to do so. Right. And I didn't get a good GPA. Um, uh, fair enough. I, I didn't mean to accuse you of dropping out of college and here you put it all the work. Oh, no, no, no. It would, you know, <laughs> it would fit the, the, the typical entrepreneur story. Right. I think I was just too stubborn to give up. Uh, there you go. So, so you, so you did that and then, so you, you it took a little bit longer than, uh, anticipated, but made it through. And I think, uh, you also worked some odd jobs and got married yeah. during that time or right yeah, pretty, after. Pretty much. I graduated college, got married um, pretty quickly afterwards. And then, you know, entered the workforce, worked as a pharmacy technician for, for many, for, for many years at different pharmacies. Um, and realized that there's not really upper mobility in that field for me, unless you go leave, being a technician and pursue like going back to school and getting a, a doctor of pharmacology to become a pharmacist um, or sort of enter the admin side. And mm -hmm. neither of those really seemed what I want to do or, or they also didn't seem like career paths that I'd be effective at. Um, and so, but I didn't know that I was like, well, I'm gonna go back to school though and, and rectify my previous, uh, you know, behavior. And so I got my master's I got a 4.0 after I graduated, after being put on probation, the moment I stepped on campus, because that was the only way they were going to let me on. Um, but it was good, because it really, like, it made me take it. I was already taking it seriously in my head, but, like, once they sort of put additional, like, hey, you can't screw up, otherwise you're, you're out of here, you know, and, and uh, so that sort of lit the fire um, kind of gives you that a little bit of added incentive where, hey, yeah. I, I don't have any more room to screw up, and this is yeah. my one last shot. Exactly. And, and so during that process, um, I learned a lot about, you know, kind of who I am and kind of what I'm capable of and, and realize that sometimes the, the walls that you're confronted with life aren't really walls at all. Uh, they're just like roadblocks or speed bumps, really. Uh, to, to reframe the analogy, I think the, the roadblocks that we think are in life are really not roadblocks, they're just speed bumps. Yeah. And if you treat a speed bump like a roadblock, then you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your potential a disservice because, um, you know, in the case of my life, like I was very smart growing up hit a speed bump in college and thought, ah, like that must be my, the limit of my potential. But had I just applied myself a bit more, had I, had I, you know, build up some discipline and, and built some positive habits, I would have been very successful in college um, because I had a natural gifting for, for academics. Um, but because it didn't come as easy to me as I was used to, I kind of just threw up my hands and said, ah, well, you know, it's not worth it, which is definitely the wrong mentality. I'm not making excuses for it at all. I think that that's a part of my life that I definitely regret. But it taught me a lot about, um, you know, who I am and what I could be and what I should do. And, and so when I when I actually achieved my goals of, of getting a good grades in my master's program and actually starting a business, you know, there's a lot more grit and persistence in me than I'd realized and a lot more, um, uh, you know, the desire to take on 
big responsibility. Um, you know, I discovered that about myself. And so now it's, it's been a blessing to have sort of struggled with that because otherwise I would never have never have known. No, make or make sense. And sometimes you get to learn the or learn lessons the easy way, easy way. And other times you get to learn them the hard way. But either way, you get to learn them. And so yeah. uh, take or it, it takes different paths. But uh, that uh, definitely makes sense. And uh, sounds like a good part of the journey. So now, so you're coming out of the master's degree. You did a great academically. You learned your lesson. And I think it, you were kind of considering going to medical school. That was kind of the path you thought about, but it didn't I work was. out. Yeah, so I I had a, a you know had a had a four O master's degree, um, took my MCAT, had a great MCAT score. I would I would say arguably pretty solid extracurriculars. Worked internships. I had worked with I shot out doctors, and so um, I had founded multiple organizations on my college campus that I led, and and those organizations still exist today, um, which I'm very grateful for that the legacy exists. But you know, so so I applied to all these different med schools. And the door kept getting shut. And so I was like, okay, well, there's something going on here. And I don't, I'm not exactly sure the why of it, but you know, I, I do believe that um, it was a course correction for my life. And one I'm grateful for. So even though I didn't get, go be a doctor like I had originally planned, mm-hmm. I would never have started a business had I pursued that. And so because I didn't become a doctor, I, had, I was reminded of an idea that I had about a decade ago, um, combining technology with uh, the medical, um, like healthcare. And just to really give a brief overview, it was it was designed around a, an application to use computer vision uh, to diagnose brain traumas and brain disorders um, using like an iPhone camera or an Android. And so we, we created a prototype. It was pretty successful on, on demonstrating the technology, but we built the business um, right around the time that COVID had sort of happened. And a lot of the funding had, had dried up because everyone, everyone went to, like all the businesses stopped. And so investors sort of became close to, their dollars um, for, for obvious reasons. And so it was tough for me to, to get funding for FDA approval. And so I decided to ultimately shelve that business. Um, I do plan at some point in the future to, to pick it back up because I really do believe in it. And I think that the fact that we're able to build a prototype that demonstrates the technology is, is pretty impactful. But um, through that process, I learned a lot of lessons about, you know, from being a first time founder, you know, having no business knowledge or acumen and having to read a lot, study a lot, learn from mentors, watch YouTube videos, read books. I mean, the the amount of information overload was was pretty insane. You know, you, you learn a lot during a master's program for, for applied neuroscience. But, you know, I almost say you learn way more trying to start a business in terms of just the volume of, of what needs to be attended to. Um, and yeah, so I, but it was a definitely a, a experience I wouldn't trade for. No, that's awesome. So, so now you're coming out, you said, okay, was going to go to med school. That was a plan. Didn't work out. Um, kind of got into, or you'd had a friend had the idea you were going to pursue. I was with some med tech startup, ended up shelving that. I think because you said you couldn't get uh, FDA funding or, or couldn't get funding, funding for FDA, the FDA process. Yeah. yeah. To go through that, which is long, arduous, expensive, and not, or certainly not fun. And so now, I, if I remember, as we talked a little bit before the podcast, you ended up uh, shifting a bit or kind of going in a, a new direction. Is that right? Yeah. So so during the, the tail end of, of that startup, the MedTech company, um, you know, we were hiring for different positions, different roles at the business. And frustratingly, the, the talent wasn't coming in aligned. And so it was, you know, how, there's, I always felt there's a better way to do it than the traditional resume. And, um, so I had 
this idea of combining um, or creating a new format to, to intake talent and sort of for that talent to demonstrate their skills to the business. Mm-hmm. And it's what we, what I came up with was essentially Bumble for jobs. Um, and I reached out to a, a contact of mine in the industry who is a med, med search recruiter or executive, executive search recruiter in the med tech space, excuse me. And, you know, I said, Hey man, I think I got this great idea for what will amount to Bumble for jobs. You know, candidates will create a profile, companies will create a job post and we'll use AI to match the two. And then once they match um, using a swipe functionality, you know, if, if once they match, we'll automatically schedule an interview for them. And that way, um, you know, we save time, we save talk, cost, and we also are accurately able to demonstrate a, uh, a candidate's value to the company. And so, you know, it took him about a, a few weeks to sort of wrap his head around the idea and really get um, to see if it had legs. But once, once he recognized it and, and saw within himself that, yeah, this is, this got, this has legs. Um, he really just sunk his teeth in it. And so, you know, my partner, David, he's now my partner. Um, and, uh, then we brought on a third uh, co-founder in around the summer, I think of last year hmm. and have been building the, the business, um, effectively since like August. Uh, so yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds like it has been a, a fun trajectory, a great, uh, great uh, future ahead now or as you're in the kind of raising and uh, product launch mode kind of where do you see the because i think you know if i were to say the next six to 12 months that's kind of hopefully have a bit more raise the product launch and start to getting uh, maybe a bit of income in and and kind of iterate on the product but walk us through kind of if you're looking to the future a bit six to 12 months out where do you kind of see things headed um So six to 12 months out, I mean, in, in six months, we, we definitely like to be commercially available um, to a few niche markets, primarily the tech space. Uh, we're looking to supply talent in the like sales, design, marketing, data analytics, and software engineering um, verticals. And then, you know, more long-term 12 months out, we want to sort of integrate with the healthcare field and the defense sector. Um, that might be like closer to 18 months to get both of those uh fully integrated to, to the, you know, on our platform. But, um, and then we want to raise the seed round uh, in probably Q1, maybe Q2 of 2024 um, with, and, and that's really dependent on how this first commercialization kind of rolls out. We want to get product market fit and determine what that actually looks like for us and, and how our customers are responding to the application, what changes need to be made, you know, really getting all that feedback is, is really important to make sure that we're, we're setting our, our foundation up for the future in a meaningful way. No, sounds awesome. Sounds like a lot of exciting times to come. You know, it's always kind of that nervous, excited, hey, we're going to be launching soon. Hopefully people will pay us. Hopefully it will go well, but we won't know until we get there and, uh, and start to push it out in the marketplace. So definitely wish you the uh, uttermost uh, success as, uh, as you're hitting a lot of those milestones or coming up on those. So with well, that now, uh, so with that now, as we're kind of hitting towards the uh, the present day and even looking a bit into the future of the journey, it's always a great time to transition to the the two questions I always like to ask towards the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always like to ask is: Along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what'd you learn from it? The worst business decision I ever made was signing up for an accelerator out of Austin, Texas. Um, I'm not going to name names because I'm not in the business of sort of, you know, hmm. doing that. But ultimately, they were a ineffective organization. They had scammed other people out of 
uh, a decent chunk of money, not just myself and um, just an all around like awful experience. I went to them looking for, uh, ex um, excuse me, expertise and knowledge uh, and information and sort of, you know, a peek into kind of how the tech space works in a way that I didn't, I didn't know. And so um, trying to find some advisory mentorship from them was what they offered. Uh, but the, the education that they disseminated was, was very lackluster. Um, I could find all the information off of a, a, a Google search, essentially, in terms of the, the quality of, of the information available that they deployed, which is very unfortunate. And then they'd also promised to offer introductions to people in their cohort, to investors um, and you know, relevant people in the industry. And you know, they promised you know, excellent investors per month for the duration of the cohort. And I saw not even a fraction of that, um, which was very, very disappointing because at this time I had, was full in on the business at Glia Health for the first time around. I really put my heart and soul into it. I tried to make it, you know, I was like, I'm going to get, you know, you get in, or sorry, you get out what you put in. And so that was kind of my mentality towards the program. So I, I you know, attended the events, you know, did the, did the workshops, followed the modules, you know, mm -hmm. reached out to the mentors and the, the value deployed back was just extremely low, which was very disappointing. All I have to say though, it was a great le learning experience because it taught me about what to look for when evaluating an accelerator and, or a venture partner for that matter. Um, you know, how to, how to qualify a organization's skill set and their ability to deploy meaningful value to your business. Um, and it taught me that not everyone is, is going to treat you with the respect that you'd like to be treated, um, even if you're doing things on the up and up. Mm. And so um, there was a, yeah, it, it was, it was a mess, but um, yeah, no. still grateful and for I, the- And it's interesting because I mean, I've, I've seen it on both sides. I've seen some accelerators that are awesome that are every yeah. bit worth the investment. Of course. And other times it's like ones where people that say, well, I can help you along and they have no idea what they're doing anything more than you. They make, they promise the uh, promise the world and yet you get nothing in return. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of some, or, and you know, as much as it sounds like, oh, well, I should be able to tell the difference. It's not always, especially if you're new into business, you're doing startups, you're just getting things figured out yourself, you know, look, knowing, learning and knowing what to look for isn't always readily apparent until you've mm -hmm. gone through that and, and uh, gained that experience. And so certainly a, easy mistake to make but a great one to learn from and uh, yeah. and, uh, and and setting things up for the future second yeah, question oh no, go, go ahead no go ahead no i'll just say it, it um after i'd gone through that at the tail end of it um i got pretty bitter and sour towards accelerators in general and i was like yeah these are pieces of crap they're scams they don't really help at all uh but i've since like walked to back to the complete opposite side where i think that they are valuable it just it really depends on on the ones that you're working with, the ones you're partnering with. I mean, there's there's tech stars, there's YC, there's there's a whole other host of, of incubators and accelerators that are actually very valuable to, to startup founders, particularly first-time founders. Um, and so, yeah, I don't. My experience with this one accelerator, I, I'm not making a blanket statement on all accelerators. I think there's there's um, like with anything in life, it's a mixed bag, right? You can have good people and bad people, and good organizations and bad organizations. And so, you know, do your due diligence, <laughs> right? And um, but ultimately, it's it's a uh, I, I do think there's more good than there is than there are, you know, 
yep. bad or misaligned. So yeah, and just uh, my one last parting thought on that, then we'll jump to my second question, which is, you know, I think that you know the thing you have to be careful with is startups or excel whatever, even if they're really good ones and they provide a lot of opportunity. It's not going to, they're not running the business for you, nor are they going to be the ones that are excited, the motivated, the ones that are going to continue to push along. They may give you some good introductions, some good tools, some good Mm -hmm. guidance if you find the right one, but the business still ends up falling on you to be the, or to build the business, to run it and to engage with it. And so I think that sometimes people don't realize that going in and you get to learn that the hard way, even if you get a good accelerator. So yeah, so you I, have to, you have to have accountability and, and recognize that you are the founder, it's your job and it's, it's your responsibility, whether your business sink or swims. And so no one's going to come with a magic bullet. That's going to automatically solve all your problems, right? Yeah. It, you know, if, if you've got fundraising issues and you go to an accelerator to fix that, um, and, and you're the real problem with that issue, then the, fun, the outsider is not going to fix that, right? It's like putting a bandaid on a bullet wound. At some point, you got to go and address the real problem, whether it's your own process, it's your own mannerisms, your own personality, your own ability to engage with new people, right? Um, I think all of those things can be, can be coached to a level, but at some point, you have to take a hard look at yourself and recognize, okay, where am I failing? And what, are, what failures are under my responsibility that, that, are totally separate from this accelerator's, you know, uh, ability to help. Yep, absolutely. I think that's uh, definitely some great piece of advice. Now we're going to jump to the second question, which is, so now if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? It's a great question. There's a lot of advice that I want to give, um, but... To, to give it to one piece. I would, I would say just do it. You know, if, if you have an inkling of, of starting a business or being an entrepreneur, um, you know, we, we can fall into this sort of paralysis analysis where we read and read and read. We watch YouTube and, and TikTok and re- Instagram reels all day long. And, you know, we get all this head knowledge that really doesn't really, it doesn't really live in our head because we haven't utilized it. We, we think we, we own that knowledge, but in, in truth, if we were to go practice it, we probably don't. And we, we live in this space where we want to take action and start a business and become an entrepreneur, but we don't. And so I would say if, you, if you're serious at all about it and you want to do it and you, it's like deep to your core, you have to take that first step, you know, go file your LLC go find a co-founder, you know, get it back of the napkin, you know, spread out the equity between you and him, figure out what, or, or her, right. Whatever ends up being and, and just do it. And eventually you'll start to, to figure out, okay, this is what I need to do next. This is what needs to come after this. Um, because if you sort of sit in this wait for the perfect moment, when you'll have all the money or you'll have all the time or you'll have all the knowledge or you'll have the best network, right. You're never going to stop because none of those things are ever going to be where you want them to be or where you, or you need them to be for your business to be successful. You're always going to be swimming against the tide, you know, and sometimes you'll get a life jacket. Sometimes you'll get a life raft. Sometimes you'll get a a little like life buoy, right? Um, Sometimes it'll just be you swimming with none of those support structures, but you still got to find a way to make it to shore. And um, you, you can continue to tread water, or you can just say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to start swimming forward. And, um, that's, so that's like the, 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 the main advice I would give. Don't, um, don't be stagnant and get to moving. 
No, I think that's a, a great uh, piece of advice. And, you know, it's, there's always, there's never a perfect time to start a business and you can always come up with excuses as to why you need to wait or why you should hold off or why, you know, something needs to be in place. Now, sometimes it is a case. If you have three kids and you have zero savings, zero money, and you're living paycheck to paycheck, jumping over to starting a new business while having no, or no ability to support your family probably isn't the best way. It doesn't mean yeah. you could start that as a side hustle. doesn't mean you can't start that weekends, nights, you can't start saving towards it and you can't start working towards it. So I think that I love that, you know, I think there's always things that you can say there isn't a perfect time and some of those are justified. It doesn't mean there isn't a way that you can't uh, get started on it and get going as you continue to address some of those issues. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's certainly context dependent, but what I mean by, you know, get to move and always take action, right? Th that action can be as simple as opening up a Word document on your computer and saying, okay, I don't have the money now today. I don't have the time. I've got a family. I've got three children. I've got, you know, what whatever it is, right? You can list those things out. Yep. And then, okay, well, here, what are steps that I can do to mitigate some of these risks, right? I can um, get better control of my time management. I can allocate an hour a day, every other day, every once a week to sort of start laying the groundwork for the future. I can, you know, start to acquire more high impact skills to acquire a better job to free up more of my time and while earning more money to, to put money towards savings right so there's there's always steps you can take that sort of push you towards the goal of, of becoming free from your job or, or, or join starting an entrepreneurial venture um so recognizing who you are having radical self-accountability and saying okay this is who i am this is this is the situation that i've been dealt in life through my own actions or through just the the nature of the environment that i'm in um because i think i think there is a little bit of both right there's sometimes your own responsibility but there is also external factors that kind of help you right you know mm -hmm. i'm i'm an american i'm born in america i was born in texas born in dallas i moved 20 times before i was 18 years old right those are all things that i were out of my control but how do i leverage that how do i how do i weave that in my own life story how do i learn from those things um to effectively move forward in life because you can look at your situation and and the choices you've made um as as negatives and and say well this is this is sucks and this is who i am and this is like nothing i can do you know or you can pick up the paddle and start rowing you know to keep the analogy so. absolutely no i think that's uh, definitely a, a great piece of advice and a great takeaway so well, now as we do wrap up the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yeah, so probably two ways. Um, you can reach me at andrew uh, at joinprosper.ai. That's my email address. Or you can find us at joinprosper.ai. Or sorry, joinprosper.ai. So um you know, and there's a contact form on, on our website that you can fill out too, if that's more comfortable. Awesome. Well, I encourage people to reach out, support a great business, check or certainly check them out. And if nothing else, uh, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Andrew, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now for all of you other listeners that are out there, if you want to uh, be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So let's go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show couple more things as listeners make sure to click share subscribe leave us a review helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success and on that note if you ever need help with your startups or your small businesses just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat and we're always happy to help 
Well, thank you again, Andrew, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you very much, Devin. I appreciate you having me here.